Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Welcome to episode one of Cocktails and Capital. Today, we're going to talk about the great resignation and how you can make the transition from corporate to self-employed. I know that a lot of women have really great ideas on how they can make the transition from corporate to self-employed. I know that you might have a really great idea on how you can open the next best candle company or the next best cold brew coffee company, or you could be the next best wedding planner. Or you could be the next best boutique in your small town. And I think that is so great. And I would love that for you. And so I want to talk about how you can do that. So let's talk about how you can move from corporate to self-employed. So let's start with how the great resignation came about. So we've all scrolled through TikTok because that's what we do these days and seen the videos about how unhappy people were before the great resignation came about and how everybody went to work from seven to seven. And before they got to work, they woke up at 4am and got up, took a shower, um, (laughs) and made their breakfast, made their lunch for the day, went to the gym, uh, which I never did because I don't love the gym. More power to you if you went to the gym before work though. And, uh, the people who, you know, had these really great routines and were able to stick to them and power through their day and then had an hour commute to work and then sat at a desk from, you know, eight or nine o'clock in the morning until at least five o'clock in the afternoon, possibly later, depending on the project that was due or the time of the season it was, especially for accountants like myself, if it's, if it's tax time it's going to be a 12, 14 hour day. And then you're going to commute for 30 minutes to an hour to go back home. And, you know, that is very, very draining on a person. Because once you get home, if you have a family, you have to take care of your family. You have to do homework with your kids. You have to spend time with your spouse or your significant other. Or even if you don't have a family, you have to spend time on yourself. You have to take care of yourself. The self-care cannot be ignored. And if you're working all the time, when does that come into play? When do you have time to keep your house clean, to feed yourself, to feed your kids, to feed your spouse, to do anything aside from responsibilities? When do you have time for your passion projects? When do you have time to hang out with your dog or your cat or your rabbit or whatever you have? When do you have time to work on your knitting projects that you love to do or your crocheting? When do you have time to work on those candle pours that you're doing? 
to build your candle business? When do you have time to cultivate that wonderful cold brew recipe? When do you have time to study those fashion trends to build up that boutique that you're wanting to open? All of these things are so draining and it's really, really pushed the great resignation movement. Let's also talk about the human want for flexibility in our lives. So I was just talking to an entrepreneur the other day who mentioned just loving the freedom that she has about picking the time that she can go to the grocery store and being able to go to the grocery store in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. Like who wants to go to the grocery store at six o'clock in the afternoon after you've had a full day of work? That was the worst thing in the world for me back when I was in corporate is having a full day of work stressed out to the max dealing with people all day and then going to the grocery store and having to wait in these long lines and then checking out and going home and then having to cook dinner and deal with the rest of my night. So flexibility, whether it's going to the grocery store, whether it is having the ability to take your kids to school in the morning and then pick them up in the afternoon, whether it is the ability to have a four hour work day or work on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, have Monday, Tuesday off. Whatever flexibility means to you, that is important to us as individuals. And it should be noted when you're building your self-employed outlook. Personally, for me, flexibility is being able to call it off on a Wednesday afternoon and go to the zoo with my husband and enjoy our afternoon together. And that is so beautiful to me. I really love having the flexibility to do that. And then additionally, self-employed is being comfortable in your own space. I love having my own office that I have built to my specifications. It's this wonderful source of light and airiness. There are plants everywhere. It is a boho vibe and it's everything that I have wanted. And I did not have this when I had a cubicle or even an office in corporate world. So it's these pros that I think self-employed life really affords us that corporate life just really cannot give us. So let's talk about my personal story of how I went from corporate to self-employed. So I started in property management accounting and I moved away from property management accounting because of the stress and the inability to be flexible in my life. And I really needed to have a stress-free environment. And with my business, with Tatum Accounting, I really have focused on building something that is a stress-free lifestyle for myself and for my clients. And it's not something that I allow to be stressful. There are certain projects like tax returns, unavoidably stressful. It's just a fact of life. Taxes and death is unavoidable. But there are aspects of my business that I can control. And stress is one of them when it comes to who I allow myself to work with, who I allow into my business and what kind of services I allow myself to provide. And if I don't have fun providing a service and it causes me stress or it causes me anxiety, then I'm not going to provide it. And that is, again, a factor of self-employment is control. 
in what you do and what you enjoy. And that is why I transitioned from corporate to self-employment is control. And because I'm a control freak. So now how do you know that being self-employed is right for you? So being self-employed is not for people who are unwilling to change their habits or unwilling to invest in their knowledge base. You have to be willing to constantly grow and constantly change. You have to be willing to invest in your knowledge. You are going to have to keep up on trends, keep up on continuing education as it applies to your industry and your section of the world. You're, if you're looking for consistency and in income, uh, self-employment is probably not the best thing for you. <laughs> self-employment can be consistent once you've built your client base, once you've built your, um, once you've built your reputation and your referral network. But in the beginning, especially, income may be inconsistent. If you're looking for consistency and benefits or balance, again, it may not be for you. However, if you're willing to push through the first year, if you're willing to see the benefit in working for yourself, I think that consistency comes if you are patient. And if you are disciplined, balance will also come. But you have to create the balance for yourself. And there are so many great teachers and so many great business coaches out there who can help you with that balance. And also being self-employed is not for the uh, unmotivated and not for the person unwilling to fail. You are going to fail. It is a fact of being self-employed. There are people who are going to walk away from sales calls that you're going to make mistakes. There are so many instances where you're going to fail and if failure is too scary or you're just unwilling to hear the word, then this is not for you because it is inevitable and it is terrifying. It's so scary. Um, and it's heartbreaking when it happens, but it is a lesson learned every single time that it happens. And it is such a valuable one every time that it happens. And that might be an episode for the future where we talk about some of my failures that I've had in business. And if you guys are interested in that, please send me a message on Instagram or send me an email and I will come up with some of my business failures that maybe you guys can learn from. So I was reading an article recently where it said that 40% of traditionally employed professionals said that they are thinking about switching to self-employment with nearly half of that number saying self-employment is their top goal in life. So let's think about that for just one second. Half of that number saying self-employment is their top goal in life. That is is a pretty big goal. So people want to work for themselves. So if you are one of those people and you want to work for yourself, let's talk about that. When do you know, is it time to transition? What do we need to have in place to move from corporate to self-employed? How do we get prepared? So 
first things first, you need to start making a business plan. We need a wonderful resource for that is in the Small Business Administration. They have a wonderful um, business plan template available, and we will put that in the show notes for you if you'd like to start creating your business plan. The other thing to think about, and this is in that business plan template, is what kind of product or service you want to provide to your customers, and how are you going to deliver that service? So if, for example, we're going to do a boutique, what kind of boutique are we going to have? Are we going to have an all women's fashion boutique? Is it going to be specific to um, juniors? Is it going to be specific to boho trends? Is it going to be specific to full glam? Is it going to be specific to uh, country Western style? Is it going to be fully online? Is it going to be available for pickup? All of these questions should be answered before you start any of the next step, which is going to be marketing. How are you going to market your product or service? And then how much are you going to charge for your product or services? And really, really think about this. The price you set at the beginning is going to be hard to get away from as you move forward. You're going to build a little bit of a reputation on the price you set in the beginning. People will tell you that you could be charging more. And those people, when they tell you that, listen to them. If someone comes up and tells you that you should be charging more, charge more. After you've figured out what your expenses will look like, scratch that. After you've figured out what you're going to charge, you can kind of plan out your revenue for the first six months to a year. Write that number down, put it in a spreadsheet, and then figure out what your expenses are going to look like. Are you going to need some software to run your boutique? Are you going to, how many clothes are you going to purchase? Uh, What's your wholesale cost going to look like? Are you going to need to buy a bunch of hangers? Are you going to need to buy a clothing rack? Are you going to need to hire help um, or an assistant? Are you going to need to buy a camera to take pictures? After you've figured that out, add up all of those expenses, figure out as many expenses as you can, and map out for at least six months to a year into that spreadsheet. And this is kind of going to be a mock cash flow planning situation. So you can see what kind of revenue you're going to need to bring in in order to cover these expenses. Do not forget to include paying yourself and covering estimated taxes. Now, finally, the most important part of it all, how are you going to keep track of all of this? So are you going to DIY your bookkeeping? Are you going to hire an accountant to help you set up an accounting software and manage tracking your income and expenses? If you are selling an item, like if you are owning a boutique, if you're selling items on an e-commerce platform like Etsy or Shopify, you're going to want to make sure to properly manage your inventory and make sure that the platform and your accounting software are speaking the same language so that your sales and your sales tax is accurately reported. So there's a lot of things to think about, especially with bookkeeping. 
You don't want to overpay in your sales tax and you don't want to overstate your revenue. You don't want to overstate or understate your expenses because a lot of these things will impact you at the end of the year when you're going to file your taxes and you don't want to overpay or underpay in taxes. So it will very much benefit you to think at the very beginning if you'd like to hire an accountant or not. And you can always hire an accountant just on a consulting basis. A lot of accountants and bookkeepers will do that. We will do that. And I know a lot of other ones will as well. If this sounds like a lot and that short clip super overwhelmed you, please know that it doesn't have to. I am here to help and you can reach out to me through Instagram at Tatum Accounting or through my website at TatumAccounting.com. So is there ever a right time to transition? All the time. All the time. Every day. <laughs> You can do a slow, gradual transition where you freelance on the side and build your client base up before finally letting go of the corporate world, or you can build up at least six months to a year's worth of savings and dive headfirst into your entrepreneurial journey. If you are going to go that last route, you'll have so much more time to devote to finding clients and growing your business more rapidly but this is the riskier route to take. So you definitely want to have that savings built up before you quit your corporate job. And then finally, I just want to talk about what if family and friends are not supportive of the move. So this can be heartbreaking. If you go to your family and friends with your passion project and you say that you want to go fully head first into this. And I know that it can be soul crushing. I I'm here for you if that happens. If you want to send me a DM, we can talk about it. I am a shoulder. However, what I would advise you to do is go back and have a really good conversation with them. This really all boils down to communication. And my advice to you would be to clearly explain your intentions to your family and friends and why you want to be self-employed, why this is your passion project, why this is so important to you. Listen to their reasonings on why they may be apprehensive because it is more than likely coming out of a place of love and concern for you. And a well thought out business plan will be particularly helpful in these conversations because any objection that they might have, you can more than likely point to any section in that business plan and say, look, I have an answer for you right here. I got this. If that fails and they still are not on board, then you'll just have to carry on without them. Change is really scary for everybody involved, and sometimes you just have to do what's right for you. If you genuinely feel that moving from corporate to self-employed would make you happier and give you the freedom to spend that precious time you are given as you see fit, then forget what everybody else says and go for it. You are only given one life on this earth, and you have to take your opportunities as they are given to you. So please, if you fully believe that this is for you, go for it. Let's do it. I am here for you. I am backing you. You have my full support. Let's make this transition. I am wishing you the best. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. 
You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week, same time, same place.